Well, I'm delighted to be with all of you this afternoon, so my thanks to the Black Business Student Forum and the Consulting Club, but also to Haley for uh, just so far what's been an extraordinary morning and what hopes to be uh, an even incredible afternoon uh, that I have a chance to speak to you on this very topic that's near and dear to me, leading the digital enterprise. It's an area that I've been spending a lot of time in, working with different clients, and hoping to share a little bit around uh, what we at Accenture and Accenture Strategy have been focused on as far as some of the master mega game-changing trends that we're seeing in the market. But also, what does that mean in the context of leadership? What's different? What's required? What will be different of each of you in the room as you go on and lead the different businesses and uh, institutions and enterprises that you'll be involved in? And so hopefully today I'll be able to share and impart on you some predictions, what I think will be true, uh, but also some very practical ways to sort of bring to life this idea of leading the digital enterprise. So to get us started, uh, I want to show a video that I think really speaks to the spirit of the era that we're living in right now. So I'm going to ask if we can uh, play the video. Welcome. 
to the data-rich, AI-augmented, hyper-connected environment of what we call the digital enterprise. You know, I often get asked the question, well, what do we really mean by digital? And so I'll offer a definition for our discussion this afternoon. It's one that's based on being social, media, application, if you understand and can appreciate the platform economy. But it's also about being cloud-based. And all the things that, as we think about the Internet of Things, what it means to really be connected in so many different ways. And as we think about some of those ideas and the way in which we're experiencing all this disruption, what will it mean and how will it redefine management? How will it redefine leadership? There's a wonderful article, if you haven't read, that I highly encourage and, and inspire you to hopefully pick up, written in the New York Times. It's called The Great AI Awakening. It was just published this last December in the New York Times. And it talks about the role of Google Translate and how it's evolved and, and quite frankly, morphed over time since its early in introduction in 2006. And I think when I think about that article and the journey that Google's been on from Google Translate to Google Brain to Google Deep Learning, it really sort of encapsulates, in part, what do we really mean by a digital enterprise? Fast, agile, learning, experimenting. Part of some of the characteristics culturally that re will redefine our organizations, our institutions. And so when you think about some of those things, you know, what does that really mean in how leadership will change? Now, on some level, the reality is some things of leadership are core. They won't change in terms of some of the basics. You'll still need to guide people. You'll still need to reward people. People will still need to be motivated uh, and organized to achieve a certain set of goals and objectives. However, there are some fundamental differences that are actually quite dramatic. For instance, people will work together in ways that they'll never have any direct encounter but are working on similar tasks. Workers may be involved in common pursuits but never be employed by the same organization. Smart machines will be an indistinguishable characteristic of digital workforces and digital workplaces. So much so that the extent to which human and machine intelligence the differences between the two won't be so obvious anymore. And so what does that really tell us? What does that really mean for us in this context? It suggests that, in truth, we really need a different kind of leader, new leadership practices for a digital era. And so one of the things Accenture's been involved in over the last few years is a research agenda focused on this very topic to understand how will leaders need to lead differently? What are leaders doing differently in, as they usher in digital enterprises and new ways of working in their environments? And, and what we started to discover, three key trends, as what became very clear is that, number one, networks connect. In very active terms, networks connect. 
in, in very practical terms, what that means is leaders will succeed or fail based on how well they can live in their network but also orchestrate those networks. Talents fragments. Talent fragments. While digital brings us closer together, it also creates fragmentation in terms of talent. The reality is if you take, for instance, data-rich hiring or talent exchanges, uh, dynamic talent marketplaces online, or matching people's skills with a particular task, that world is here. It's now. It's the future of now. But it also requires something different in terms of one of the other trends, mega trends we're seeing. This idea that organizations are open, that the currency for high performance is digital trust, that in creating more transparency, in creating more openness, that organizations thrive when there's greater accessibility, greater involvement, and greater openness that's available to all. It's really the democratization of work in ways that we haven't seen and at a scale and pace that is quite rapid. And that's essentially part of what we mean when we talk about digital. It's about being rapid. It's about fast, agile. And so again, I, I come back to this question, what will leaders do differently? How will leaders lead in this kind of environment? And what do these trends demand on leadership of us in this room? Number one, networks will replace hierarchies. And what that suggests is that leaders will have to live in their networks. Number two, workforces will continue to be fragmented. And therefore, leaders will have to integrate and connect into their ecosystem by sharing their brains. Or as sometimes we like to refer to, leaders will have to leave in their sleep. Number three, leaders will have to embrace artificial intelligence. There will be machines on leadership teams. And lastly, number four, leaders will embrace a new form of intelligence, one that is characterized by spiritual intelligence, by being able to create shared purpose with others for common pursuit. Now, for some of you in the room today, these are just words, some of it you may have heard or seen before. Uh, but why don't we spend some time unpacking what each of these different predictions reveals to us. Starting with networks and leaders living in their networks. What it suggests is that, number one, leaders will have to be much more agile in being able to eliminate bottlenecks in information flow. It also suggests that leaders will have to be part of and join in global conversations, whether it's a Yammer site or a chatter or some form of media exchange, leaders will find ways to engage with parts of the organization that perhaps ordinarily or before these social media platforms were available were much more difficult to accomplish. In fact, in Microsoft, the IT leaders there use analytical software as in, in mining uh, some of the chat on in their Yammer group, their internal Yammer group, to understand what the real-time sentiments are in terms of what are the trending topics. And current CEO Satya Nadella, what he uses based on that information is 
ways in which he can sort of detect warning signals. What are people really talking about? What do they care about? As a way to sort of respond real time, as opposed to waiting for scorecards or KPIs, which at times may be historical in nature. It also suggests that leaders will have to grow weak ties as they move through and understand how to empower people in the edges of the organization, edge-centric leadership will become increasingly important. How do you distribute that leadership so that you really create ownership and accountability on the front lines where it really matters? And then lastly, how do leaders encourage new management disciplines? How will they create an environment that cultivates and fosters paying it forward? Uh, this idea of information, for example, that uh, the more you contribute knowledge, the more you contribute to an idea or a topic, uh, the greater trust you build, especially when you are operating in a digital environment. Again, digital trust being the currency of high performance in organizations today. I want to share with you a very brief video that struck me as very powerful and also captures this idea of how do you distribute leadership? How do you create a more edge-centric way of leading others in a way that really fosters and supports innovation and creativity? So. As CEO, what is your most important job every day? making sure employees feel empowered to come up with their own ideas, to run with their passions, to uh, let them flourish. And there's so many examples of companies out there where you know, if an employee has a creative idea, then there's no outlet for them to make that happen. And, and really the attitude at a lot of other companies is do what you're told to do. And I think that just, you just end up missing out on so much of the potential of each employee. Let's talk about your role as a CEO. Now you're so calm and low-keyed, but you're always coming up with new ideas and I could tell you have this burning passion inside you. We're of the size now where even if I come up with one great idea a day, that's still only 365 ideas a year. And with thousands and thousands of employees today, even if every employee came up with just one great idea a year, that's going to be way more ideas than I can possibly generate myself. So that would be my advice to actually most CEOs. Like you would be surprised at how much talent and creativity there is amongst your own employee base. So one of the things I was particularly struck by this afternoon, I was having lunch with a group of students, and, and this conversation around Tony Shea came up, CEO of Zappos, and, and the uh, student mentioned that you know, his style is fairly introverted. So how does he manage to lead differently? And, and is that an effective leadership style? Well, you know, there is no one unique leadership style, particularly in the digital era. But what's interesting about Tony and what he's been able to accomplish is this idea of how do you generate energy? How do you reach out and tap into parts of the organization and create opportunities for people to engage and contribute in ways that they ordinarily wouldn't be able to. And in doing so, he's created a culture, one that's based on what he calls his uh, core committable values. 
that he lives in and thrives by, that people who are not willing to commit to those values, to that culture, are welcome to leave. And so it's one of the ways in which he's shaped an environment to reinforce the very ways of working that he believes are core to his business. And so living in your network, as we sort of hear Tony describe, and being able to engage other parts of the organization creates that multiplier effect. If you hear about all the ideas that he's actually privy to. But another trend that really comes into play as a, one of our predictions is this idea that leaders will share their brains. In the 1980s, the, the notion of mind mapping became very popular. Uh, being able to organize and array topics of interest in visual illustrations uh, in ways that really provide meaning for the individual through visual hand diag diagrams. But with digital, and what software developers are able to do now is they essentially use that to create digital illustrations, almost so that they are able to create ma maps that can now be accessed and queried by others. So this idea of mind mapping and being able to take all the ideas that are in a leader's mind, things that are part of their stream of consciousness, and to be able to use semantic software to really code some of those ideas, to have meaning, or to use what, uh, as some folks use as in, in um, USC Medical Center, in fact, the cardiac uh, chief of surgery there, he uses and has been able to create a library of videos, articles, uh, other things that are relative to his field and share that with his students in his absence, essentially creating a group brain. So imagine with the mind mapping that's available to us now and our thoughts being able to be generated real time for others to access creates real connectivity in ways that for a long time with hand illustrations would be much more difficult to accomplish independently. So leaders sharing their brains. Now, mind mapping creates an opportunity for us to really share knowledge. As I mentioned before, knowledge sharing becomes an increasingly important part of working in a digital enterprise. That information and the accessibility about it, it's no longer about who you know or uh, who they know, but it's more about how you know in terms of real-time data and analytics. And so by sharing your brain, it actually creates opportunities for leaders to really impart what they're thinking real-time as a way to also create opportunities for people to engage and debate around some of these ideas, using different platforms to engage broader communities within an enterprise. And how do you do that in a way that extends the conversation? How can you, as a leader, impart or maybe provoke thought and debate with leaders and have them respond to it real time. One of the other predictions is that leaders will have a machine on their team. Now, I just recently bought an Echo for, for those of you, or Alexa for some of, for some of us, um, this idea that artificial intelligence, that as leaders, we'll be able to engage with new forms of intelligence that will engage us back, that will challenge the status quo, 
that we can query, that we can engage, uh, we can run scenarios and simulations. And what that will afford top management teams to be able to be is much more agile, similar to what software developers have been able to do in terms of being able to respond very quickly using and creating simulations, decision scenarios that, quite frankly, are at no risk because that information, those analytics, that engagement with real-time artificial intelligence allows real-time exchanges to provide new insight that perhaps forms new sources of value for an enterprise. And so one of the things that it requires of leaders is to truly embrace artificial intelligence, to be comfortable with this notion of a machine on their team. And for some, especially when I work with different clients, when they hear that term, sometimes they may think, well, a machine on my team, are you talking about a robot? Not necessarily. But the idea, whether it's the wearable technology we have on our wrists or uh, on our phones or our tablets, that you have ways in which we've already are behaving this way. It's sort of the amplification of that that I'm speaking to. And so how do you use AI to get ahead of the curve? How do you use AI in a way that is your friend? And then what does this mean in terms of practicing new forms of intelligence? Now, if any of you are familiar with the idea or the concept of a musical ensemble, then you can appreciate that musical ensembles uh, perform equally well whether they're in a, sort of a, 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 the intimacy of a quartet or the relative formality of a chamber group or perhaps a tight orchestra. And the reality is the ensemble leader, the conductor, is typically called upon at times to either be a strong and visible leader or at times may be asked to play with the group in the midst of the performance. And in some cases, as in the case of jazz ensembles, you may not even have a conductor at all. And that, in part, is what will be required of leaders of the future. This idea of being able to bring diverse talents together, people of diverse talent, roles, demographics, values, mindsets, in a way to perform in harmony, the synchronization, to produce something that has value. No different from how a musical ensemble will create shared understanding, in part because that shared understanding is forged through tackling very difficult musical pieces together and being able to really tune into each other's strengths, so too will leadership ensembles in a digital enterprise, being able to tune into the strengths, what we bring, the value we bring in different configurations. And so in very practical terms, that capacity, that ability to embrace new forms of intelligence really is encapsulated in purpose, a shared understanding, a shared purpose. And it's about what I value, it's about having a clear, conscious mission, one that's consequential to me, and being able to connect that to the enterprise as a whole. It's about what I value, it's about what you value, it's about what we value together. That's what creates that shared and common purpose. 
And so as you think about workforces, particularly dynamic workforces, whether uh, they're employed by the same organization or by way of contractor or uh, liquid workforces, how do you move a system in unison? What's the purpose that's common and shared across all? In fact, purpose, quite frankly, at an enterprise level may take on different meaning for different enterprises. As in the case for Unilever, they've defined purpose for themselves as being made up of financial, social, and ecological factors. Paul Pullman, if you've been watching or paying attention to uh, what he's been talking about in the market, he's very strong and has strong convictions about purpose and this idea of, of Unilever being a force for good, for sustainability. And so part of his effectiveness in being able to do that is creating a narrative, past, present, and future, that connects these threads together. And he does so quite effectively when he connects the social philosophy of the founder, Lord Lever, with the realities of present day and the future of Unilever as he thinks about Unilever's sustainable plan. And he does so in a way that people can see how the past, the present, and the future are connected together. So comp creating compelling narratives becomes a very important skill of effective leadership in a digital enterprise. And then lastly is this idea of cultivating, cultivating purpose-driven leadership. Getting leaders to really tap into what motivates them, what drives them, what is of core and consequence to them personally in a way that connects to real business value. How do you develop that and cultivate that? And in the process of doing so, shape an entire culture around that purpose. So what I want to share with you in very practical terms, moving away from these four predictions, is to, you know, how do you really bring this to life? What are the practical things that when I speak to clients that I offer as some perspectives to keep in mind? And I'll offer three today. Uh, one is this idea of intrapreneurship, that the idea that you connect with people their personal passion, what they believe in, what they want to pursue, and have them pursue certain ventures that have real economic and viable benefit for the enterprise. Uh, Barclays does that well. In fact, an old colleague of mine, Damien Payutakis, actually was part of one of the Barclays entrepreneurship labs. And one of the things that he did in, in this experience of his, what he realized is that his conviction, he was so passionate about his idea that was eventually going to be funded that he became the director of impact investing. So this idea of getting to experiment, to uh, try out and to learn from something that has real meaning to you is part of the idea of entrepreneurship. The second is this idea of improv improvisation. How do we as leaders create an environment where we can adapt, where we can uh, try new things out, sort of this idea of fail fast and learn quickly, rapid experimentation. And I emphasize the experimentation, uh, not a pilot. The difference between an experiment and a pilot is experiments are intended to be something you learn from. You let go of the outcome. You sort of uh, keep an open mind and wonder what's possible. A pilot, the goal is to get something right 
as right as you can the first time out. So this idea of cultivating uh, improvisation and using that as a way to really create more dexterity on the part of leaders becomes an increasingly part, important part of a skill set that will become even more important in a digital enterprise. And then lastly is this idea of integrity. That I am who I am. I'm consistent in what I say. I'm consistent in what I do, in my actions, and my behaviors. I walk the talk. That there's a real authenticity to who I am and what I stand for and how that connects to the broader purpose and vision of the enterprise. Unilever and Disney, particularly in EMEA, are quite good at this in cultivating this for their leaders. So in very practical terms, particularly in the context of some of the work I do when I am asked to talk about how do you build leaders who are ready for this future, digital ready. You know, these are some of the ideas I introduce in very practical terms. So to sum up, three megatrends, networks connect, talents fragment, organizations are open. And those, predict, those trends lead to four key predictions that leaders will have to live in their networks even more so than they ever have before. That leaders will live in their sleep and share their brains. That leaders will also embrace other forms of artificial intelligence. And lastly, that they'll create shared purpose as they mobilize and organize others. So, on that note, I wanted to paint a picture for you of, of the world that we live in, uh, the future of now, as I like to think of it. Uh, but I do want to thank you for this opportunity just to share a little bit about uh, some of the ideas and thinking that I've certainly been involved in and working with clients around. Uh, but want to open it up for some questions at this point in time. So thank you. <laughs>